Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. What is a true conversion? What does it mean to actually be a Christian? What is it? Um, is it enough to pray a prayer and invite Jesus into your heart? Um, well, what must follow? Uh, you know, I believe when you look at Jesus on the cross, there was um, the time where the, the thief said, Lord, remember me in your kingdom. And he said, tonight you'll be with me in paradise. And so in a time like that, there's it comes down to the belief in his heart. You know, there's a scripture that says, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. And so there's people who preach that if you don't get water baptized, that you don't go to heaven, that if your your conversion is not complete without water baptism. But I would challenge that because how did the pre how did the thief on the cross go to heaven? There's many people who are on their deathbed. Does that does that mean they get up to the gates and they say, Lord, I cried out to you? And he says, Yeah, but you know, you didn't have a chance to get water baptized. And so there's uh there there's the if you call on God from a true heart, but there are things that follow. So I wanna um talk about this a little bit today. Uh Acts chapter ten. And I'm going to read verse um, 34 and 35. And then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Man, that that verse alone uh, is is such an important key to faith. God is no respecter of persons. When we got our house paid off, we had $80,000 left on this house to pay off. And um, I'd been believing the Lord to pay for it. But, you know, a couple weeks before it was paid off, I heard a testimony from somebody else who had $80,000 debt that was totally paid in full. And I, and it jumped in my heart. And I said, Lord, you're no respecter of persons. If you did that for them, $80,000, you will do it for me, $80,000. You know, God, if you can find, that's why when someone testifies, there should never be jealousy about someone else's testimonies. You should be able to rejoice with those who rejoice. When someone testifies, even if you're believing the Lord for a car and someone else who's not as spiritual, you know, not as committed to the Lord and the Lord bless them with the car, there shouldn't be, Lord, why did they get blessed and I didn't? There should be rejoicing. Lord, I thank you. You're no respecter. For every testimony becomes another proof to you that what you have that what you're believing him for, you're guaranteed because God, you're no respecter of persons. If you did miracles by the hands of Paul, you'll do miracles by my hands. Lord, you said these signs, these signs shall follow them that believe. So God is no respecter of persons. This is also that one verse, you know, I've, I've, I've talked a bit about predestination and election, but this one verse undoes all of election, undoes the whole argument. You know, I, I, I'm putting together a, a a document called Against Predestination and Election or Reformed Theology is what they call it. And I'm up to 38 uh, distinct reasons. And this is just my own research, 38, I'm sure there's plenty more, 38 distinct reasons why election and predestination as it's preached uh, in that God picks and chooses who goes to heaven and who goes to hell is bogus and it's not based in the Bible. But this one here would be my very first argument against it. God is no respecter of persons. And then the next verse says, but in every nation, he that fears him and works righteousness is accepted with him. So the ball is in our court. Hey, God is no respecter of persons. Anyone that chooses to work righteousness and everyone, anyone that chooses to fear God is accepted. It doesn't matter their color. It doesn't matter their nation. It doesn't matter where they're from. If they meet the conditions of salvation, they can be born again. It's not up to God who gets saved. It's up to the, it's up to the individual who gets saved. And that's why on Judgment Day, it says that they'll, no one will be able to, 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 to critique God because the Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust alike. God is good to all. Salvation is available to all. God voted for you. The devil voted against you. You cast the deciding vote. But what I want to look at here is it says, but in every nation, he that fears him. So number one, it's fear. 
Now, this isn't, you know, growing up, this was never really explained to me. And so I heard, you know, fear God. And I just thought of like, oh, people would say, don't be afraid of anything. But then they'd say fear God. And so I didn't really understand because that word fear, but that word fear is in this context is the word reverence. It's the word, you know, what fear to fear God actually means is to, is to put his, put uh, pleasing him above pleasing any other person. Anything else can change in my life. I'd rather die than, than do something displeasing to God. That's fearing God. That's, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's fearing God. You know, honestly, God, the God who we serve is able to save us from this fire. But even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow. What's that? That's the fear of the Lord. Lord, you have commanded me to do this and to not do this. And you said, have no other idols before me. So I would rather die today obeying you than live disobeying you. And that's what fear is, to fear him. So the number one, what is a salvation? What is salvation? Salvation is fearing God. You know, that's why the Bible says there'll be many who say we did miracles in your name and you said, depart from me, I never knew you. They're saying, Lord, Lord, we did miracles in your name. And he said, depart from me, I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. So there's people who say, I'm a Christian, I'm born again, I love God. But then they, they, they don't do what the Bible says. You know, there's, there's branches of Christianity that say you can be homosexual, practicing homosexual, and still make it to heaven. There's a scripture in the Bible, in the New Testament, that actually says, no effeminate no, no homosexual will inherit the kingdom of God. It's plain. No drunkard will either. No liar will either, either right? So there's, there's qualifications to make it into heaven. And so people have to ignore these things, but they use these scriptures. But it says, he that fears God. So you can't say, I fear God, I'm a Christian, I love the Lord. And then you're disobeying the Bible. You prove by your actions that you fear God, or you prove by your actions that you don't. So it's not about who says, Lord, Lord. It's about those that continue. So yes, we get people to pray a prayer of salvation. Yes, we lead them in the sinner's prayer. And, and but, but what begins to happen is there's works that follow them. And so this is why he says, but in every nation, he that fears him and works righteousness. You see the and. It's not just he that say, Jesus be my Lord and Savior. It's, it's he that fear him and work righteousness. Salvation has a progression. You, you come in through the door of grace. You come in through the door of mercy. You come into the door of, Lord, I don't deserve it. But then you enter the door of works. You enter the door of working righteousness. You, there's a progression. If, if there's no follow-up to your salvation, if the only time of your life that looks Christian is when you went to an altar, that's not a true salvation because the Lord is then going to lead you. What is that? That's surrender. That's you saying, Lord, be the Lord of my life. I'm giving you my life. If, if you came... To, if you came to me, let's just give an example. You came to me and you said, hey, I owe you my life. I'm going to, uh, I'm your, you know, there would be people who would, someone would save the other person and then they'd pledge and they'd be like, hey, my, there's some cultures that they did this. Yeah, I, I owe you my life. I'm your servant. And, and I'm going to come and live with you and I'm going to be your servant. You know, if I just then, if you came and that was the case, hey, I, you saved my life. I owe you my life. I'm going to be your servant for the next, for the rest of my life. I'm your servant, right? So I'm, I'm a bond slave is what this was. I'm a bond slave, right? I, I owe you my life. For me then to be like, okay, cool. And just, hey, go do whatever you want. That's not me taking that seriously. That's me saying, oh, whatever. I don't care to have you. But if I took that seriously, I, you would, okay, I want you to do this. I want you to do this. I'd put you to work. So it's the same thing. We're bond slaves of the Lord Jesus Christ. We, we've become servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. We said, Lord, I give you my life. That's why we're going to be accountable for our time, what we did with our life. You don't get to choose. You don't get to pick whether you go in the ministry or you don't. 
you follow the call of God. I know, I know we still have free will. So there's people who are called into the ministry who don't answer, but they'll answer for that. They'll answer for wasting their life. It's like saying, I give you my life. It's like saying, Hey, you know, you can have any, any of the money in my account. And then I, and then I show up a week later and I'm like, yo, I want to, I want to take you up on that. And you're like, Oh, I'm sorry. I already spent it. It's like we, as Christians, you say, Lord, I'm surrendering my life. So what is that? What does that, what does that mean? It's your time. It's your talents. It's your saying, Lord, my life is no longer my own. If you tell me to go one way, I'm going to go that way. If you tell, that's what it means. That's the difference between someone being the savior and the Lord. Lord, be my Lord and savior. Savior means someone who rescues me from sin. Lord means someone who commands my steps, right? When I say, Lord, Lord, I'm saying, tell me what to do. Put me to work. Lord, I'm going to come. You're my savior. I'm going to come and be with you in heaven. But for my life here on this earth, I belong to you. So salvation is a giving up of yourself. And I believe the Lord has mercy, but there's works of, of righteousness that, are, that follow fearing him. Fearing is saying, Lord, my life is temporary on this earth. I'm choosing to obey your commands over the commandments of men. You know, if it came to the point where the government said, you can't preach the gospel. If they said, hey, you're not allowed to preach the gospel. We would then say, because the Bible tells me to preach the gospel, I'd rather die preaching the gospel than live muzzled and not preaching the gospel. If there comes a time in our nation or in the nation that you're in where it's illegal to preach the gospel, if you listen to man and you don't preach because of the risk of your life, you are not fearing God, you're fearing man. And the fear of man brings a snare. Now, I'm not going to say if you don't preach the gospel that you're, you're going to go to hell. What I'm saying is I, I don't want to, I'm not saying you're, I, I, I'm not saying you can disobey Christ and go to heaven either. And so I'm not the one, you know, I had someone call me, Hey, you know, can I, I'm just wondering, I've, I've had a hard time kicking this habit of weed. Uh, if, if I smoke and then I got, you know, got into a car accident and I love the Lord, but if I smoke and I got into a car accident, and uh, I know it's a sin to smoke weed. Um, can I, you know, would I still go to heaven? <laughs> and I said, you, I'm not answering your question. Because what if I tell you yes, and then it's no. I mean, you're going to ask me. I'm not being held accountable that I tell you yes and it's no. And if I tell you, I'm, you know, you got to, the fact that you're asking that question is a problem because you're trying to justify and make an excuse for a lifestyle that you know is wrong. You don't justify sin. You're not, you shouldn't be asking yourself, if I died doing this, would I go to heaven? You should be, well, ask yourself that and then change. The Lord will give you power to break free from that. So you shouldn't be seeking to justify that question alone. Um, I said to him, I said, I'm not answering that question. You're looking at me to, to justify that. What if I tell you, yes, but I'm wrong and you go to hell? No, you don't. All I know is someone who's trying to justify sin is backslidden. You, you don't try to justify sin. And so it says all those that, that fear him and work righteousness. And then John chapter six, the Bible says, Jesus was talking to his um, uh, people came to him and said, they, then said they unto him, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? And Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work of God that you believe on him whom he has sent. Your faith in Jesus Christ will always lead you to, follow, to works that follow. And that's what, the, that's what James was saying, where he said, faith without works is dead. He said, I show you my, my, my faith by my, you show me your faith without works, I'll show you my faith by my works. The fact that we believe in Jesus, there's going to be, the Bible says we're redeemed, a people zealous of good works. There's going to be things that follow. It may not be the ministry, 
for everybody. It's not going to be the ministry. Not everyone's called to the ministry, but you're called to, to, to be ministers of reconciliation. Every Christian is, is called to be a soul winner. Every Christian. I don't care if you live in Yemen where they kill Christians. You're called to be a soul winner. Lord, lead me. I, you know, in eternity, I'd rather step out in faith and, and preach the gospel and suffer the consequences and go to heaven having done what the Bible said, then live a long life and go to heaven and have nothing to show for it. I, you'd rather spend 10 years doing, I know you may say that's easy to say you're sitting in America, but I'd rather spend 10 years doing what God said to do and then die for my faith than live for another 60 years and have nothing to show for any of those years. Heaven is better. If you have to pick which one to go to, which one to spend time, more time in, go to heaven. It's better there. So, so I'm not, yeah, people, wow, this is morbid. Just go to heaven. What are we even doing here still, right? No, but you, you make a decision. That's what fearing God is. I'm not going to respect man's word. If man tells me, you know, in the church in the UK right now, past churches can meet again, but you can't raise your voice because it could spread COVID. No, the Bible says I will testify among the great assembly. I will lift up my voice in praise. You know, there's, there's things that you do. Praise him on the instruments. Praise him in the timbrel. No, you, you don't obey man over God. I don't care. Oh, you know, there's no, you can't win souls one-on-one. You can't preach about the blood. You can't preach about the resurrection. You can't preach about the cross. It's defensive. No, I, I mean, that's the message. I'd rather go to jail. I'd rather die. That's what it means to fear God. And so what that does, that only comes by the Holy Ghost. And that's why this comes. This isn't normal. You know, it's, this is the work of salvation, what you're hearing. And I know it's the same heartbeat in many of you. It's not normal. It's the spirit of God inside that's saying, come on. It's this, that's what grace is. It's God's equipping. If you knew me before, this is not my personality to be bold like this. This is what the Holy Ghost has done on the inside of us. And it's true for you too. You have the, the mighty Holy Ghost on the inside of you. And so you decide, Lord, I'm making, I'm just, I've made up my mind in advance. I'd rather die doing what God said than, than live and disobey what God said. And so that's fear and fearing God, accepting Jesus will always lead to works. And so that's how you can mark those who believe and those who don't, is you can look and say, this person's professed, but their life doesn't profess. The Bible says, and I think it's in the book of Titus, let your life be an ornament to the truth. Let your, let, let, let your life ordain the truth. Let it show forth that you're living out the word of God. That's what we got for you today. I love you. God bless you. If this podcast helped you, please share it. We love you. We'll see you on the next one.